This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. We are winding down, getting close to the end of January, and the racing season is taking so much closer, just inching closer and closer. We can start to hear the engines roaring, the smell of the car, the the the, the tires on the track, and the fuel, and it's wonderful. It's great. Joey Molinaro back with you on Speed Street. Of course, Connor Daly, producer Bobby Marcos, presented by Dirty Mo Media. Got another great show for you this week. Lindsey Brewer is stopping by on uh, the very talented, the young, the very uh, lovely Lindsey Brewer. Uh, super, super famous uh, following, crazy following, and she's in the Indy Next series with Junkos Hollinger. Uh, so we chat with her for a little bit. Really, really fun conversation there with Lindsay. Uh, but of course, before we go anywhere, got Connor Daly across from me. Uh, what's up, CD? How we doing? Yes. Well, you mentioned engines, uh, the, the scent of engines and tires. Well, we have uh, IndyCars on track today. We are recording this on a Monday. Uh, yes. IndyCars are on track right now uh, as we talk. Um, and so as you're going to be listening to this as well, depending on when it comes out, there's three days of testing, so we got a lot to look at this week. There will be very speculative articles that we can read every day of predicting who's going to suck and who's going to be great. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of, uh, you know, just people consuming IndyCar because this is an IndyCar program. We love IndyCar racing, and there's IndyCar stuff happening. So uh, a couple exciting nuggets that we can talk about already from, uh, from day one um, of just who is there, first of all, um, and then... Yeah, we have, uh, as you mentioned, great interview with Lindsey Brewer. As we as we mentioned, we want to try to get the Indy NXT series a little bit of juice, you know, coming up for the upcoming season. Uh, the road to Indy, very important road. That's how I made it. That's how Joseph Newgard made it. That's how plenty of other people made it. Linus Lundquist, Christian Rasmussen. So, you know, going to have Lindsey Brewer on this week to fire it off. Uh, you know, obviously... A lot of people, I think there's going to be a lot of people who uh, are either going to love this interview and then there are people going to be like, oh, like, why are you not talking to like other drivers? It's like, well, we're trying to give people a chance. So, you know, this is number one. We're going to get more on as well. So there's a lot of people who like to hate certain things. And you know what? That's okay. I think it's a great interview. You're you're going to love the interview. I think it's a, a very honest chat about uh, what it's like to be, uh, you know, to be trying to be a professional race car driver right now, uh, you know, as a female in a, in a male dominated sport. So, uh, so yeah, so very excited about that. 
And yeah, we've got, I mean, I was watching racing over the weekend too, Joey. I was watching Rolex qualifying. We got the Rolex 24. Basically, everyone that I follow on the internet is down there because you got about 900 drivers in that thing. A lot of uh, pounds so down there. Yeah. Lots going on. Lots going on. Yeah, yeah. No, and you mentioned, I mean, with going back to Lindsay, though, uh, you know, obviously she is uh, training. She, she, she's making her way to become a professional race car driver in IndyCar or whatever, but she is a college graduate. Uh, you don't see too many of those. We touch on that. Too many of those, no offense to race car drivers. Uh, yeah. But also, uh, she has like 3 million followers and doubles as a model as well. Uh, so <laughs> a very wide array of things and fields that she is in uh, and just an interesting person. Um, so, yeah, just double down on that. Uh, a really fun conversation with her. But you mentioned the testing that's going on. IndyCar is on track. Um, and one of the things that we saw right before we hopped on here is that Dale Coyne has been posting about how Jack Harvey, our pal Jack Harvey, is out there uh, in the car behind the wheel for them doing some testing. Uh, Connor, I know you said you had lunch with him a few days ago. Obviously, you don't have to divulge too much into well, what went down there. But uh, did you expect this? Was this something that uh, you weren't too shocked by seeing Jack Harvey out there with them? Yeah, so right now, um, I'll I'll just read off, first of all, read off the drivers who are down there. I just saw a, uh, you always get those, like, random screenshots of the timesheet, right? Like, you get these, yeah. like, random, like, hey, this is going to be, you know, this is who's on track today. It's mainly comes from, as if you, like, just type IndyCar into the search bar on the Twitter website, X, yep. it's just Argentina following uh, Augustine Canapino. So, gotta <laughs> got to respect that. Um but uh, so the drivers there today, Marcus Erickson, Felix Rosenquist, uh, Augustine Canapino, Alex Pillow, Joseph Newgarden, David Malukas, Renus VK, Graham Ray Hall, Stingray Rob. It's kind of surprising. David Malukas and Jack Harvey, as you mentioned, Jack Harvey in the 18 Her? car. Uh, they're down in Homestead, Miami, which I, I don't know why we're at Homestead, but I mean, it is a test track that's used quite often for a bunch of different stuff, but it's hard to kind of like, I actually, in my entire IndyCar career, I've never driven at Homestead. So that just goes to show you, well, first of all, how little testing I've ever had in my life. And second of all, uh, just that's just not a very commonly used place. So clearly it's just some place to get everyone going. Uh, and, and each team can only run one car per day, it looks like. So they've kind of basically made it to where it's a bit fair. So I would say, you know, Stingray will be in the car today. Probably Santino tomorrow. You know, Jack is going to be from what Jack's told me, he's only going to be in the car on the first day. And then they're, I have, he's like, I have no idea who they're going to put in for day two and three, but there's three days of testing. You got to take advantage of it. Testing is so important. Um, so I'm very curious to see what comes out of there. Uh, again, we don't read into this test day. That's my one word of advice for IndyCar fans. I promise you, do not read into a test at a track that is not on our schedule, that is not really even close to many tracks on our schedule. Um, you know, Sebring is, is maybe a little bit more you can read into it, but because it's very bumpy, street course-esque, and we kind of use that for street course testing more often. Um, but just don't read into it a little bit. You're going to see some timesheets. There's going to be some, you know, some people doing well. But there's three days of testing. There's a lot of things that these teams have not run. A lot of these people, a lot of these guys haven't even driven since September of last year. So yeah. a lot on the list, a lot of test items uh, for multiple teams. 
Um, so yeah, just just enjoy the fact that we got numbers to look at and enjoy the fact that we got lap times to criticize or or hype up. So that's that's right. kind of how so it goes. When you say don't read into it, you're talking about specifically the timing, what what comes up from the results on track, right? Not so much like how how about for the situation with Jack and Dale Coyne, right? Like are we not looking into that? In terms of Dale Coyne still has two seats that they have yet to announce for what's going to be happening in 24. Jack Harvey obviously right now is a free agent. Yeah, you know, he doesn't have a, a, a seat in a, in a team that he's on. Are we looking into that? I, I think we can look into it a little bit. Yeah, let's let's look into it a little bit because here's the thing. Dale, Dale knows that he needs to test, right? He wants to still run as competitive of an operation as possible. Jack's got experience. Um, you know, Jack has a little bit of budget from what I've heard from what he told me, uh, but it's definitely not enough. So, uh, you know, I, I would like to think that Jack could be involved with them in some way. Uh, but you guys got to realize, like, this is not a selection process. Like, Dale is, is Dale has to go with, you know, he has to keep his doors open, right? Which, again, Dale is a very wealthy man. He, he will keep his doors open. But if he can't find the right budget, I mean, you know, Dale's Dale's so smart that he's probably not just going to want to lose $4 million in a year by like running a car on $1 million budget and then having another one at $2 million. Like, like it takes $6 million minimum. And a lot of people, a lot of teams are now saying seven to run a car full time for the year, like, you know, with, with, you know, as a spot. So Dale has to get information. So we're going to go with the experienced veteran and Jack Harvey, right? And there's obviously some chatter for him to be there. Um, I, I do hope he ends up there. But but I think what people the interesting thing about dealing with Dale is you kind of never really know until like that until he makes his choice until he makes his decision on hey this is the best that I can you know make make ends meet. This is the best possible option for competition as well uh, because he doesn't want to not compete right. But you know, last year, when when you look at it, Stingray Rob was his money guy, right? David Malukas was a quick driver, but David Malukas also pretty was pretty well-funded. So Dale might have had best of both worlds. He had the, you know, hey, uh, young rookie with a lot of funding behind him, David Malukas promising young young talent with also funding behind him. So maybe he put some money in the bank. Who knows? I, I don't know that. That's a complete speculation. Um, so again, I think... We still have no idea, but good to see Jack in there. I think that's a step forward. If 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 he gets along with the the crew very well, if everything goes you know according to plan, consider it a positive thing. But when it comes down to it, there's still there's still a number that has to be met. You know, there's still there's yeah. still a budget that has to be a part of this program, which is hard. Yeah. Like that's that's the hard part about this business. Like everyone thinks, oh, like you know. Why can't they just do that? It's because it's it's costs so much money to do. Like we we are trying to do this. Any driver out there right now is trying to be the most ideal candidate, but, uh, but the most ideal candidate with as many millions of dollars as possible. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know that's that's a t- it's a it's just a tough part of the business. But that's that's the reality. Of it. That's the reality. Of it. Just like The Godfather, it's not personal business. It's one of my favorite movies. My exactly. Favorite. It's not personal. It's business, and this man is taking it very, very personally. That's Santino Corleone. Love that. Um, okay, so so you mentioned. A, I mean, that's that's seemingly like 
the names you mentioned, it feels like almost half the field. Is it half the field down there right now, or is it? Yeah, so it's heard? it's. Uh, I believe if I look at it again, let me go back to my little Twitter search page. It's you have Andretti, uh, you have Shank, Yugos, uh, Ganassi, Penske, McLaren, ECR, Ray Hall, Foyt, and then another McLaren car, and then Coin. So that's every team. Is that is did I miss a team, uh, or that's that's all the teams? Um, sounds sounds like all the teams. Yeah. So I assume it's one car from every team. Um, I I don't. I'm sure we probably missed a team, but I don't think so. I think that's all the teams. So. Yeah, one car from every team every day. So that'll be kind of who it is. And we'll just have to see, you know, see, see what happens, see the results, see what's going on. But it's it's nice to uh nice to have something to talk about. Nice to see some some race cars go. Like I saw, you know, Mike Shank racing, nice new livery on the car. I saw a nice little hey, new hey. black and pink livery. Uh you I'm obviously got some cars that are in full test paint schemes, which are, you know, just black or white or something like that. Um, so it's just it's just that preseason time of year, preseason time of year. Now, you mentioned with Homestead, you're talking about how you know the, the, the soundtrack that that we run, and and obviously that. But out of my ignorance, in terms of the why that's chosen, is it the weather? Is it the availability? The location? Kind of all of the above, or, or what is the process in going into deciding why that is picked for three days of testing? Yeah, you know, I actually I don't know all the details. I, like weather for sure is 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 the majority of it, right? Like it's still probably a bit too cold to be testing at Barber. Um, you know, we used to have as IndyCar series, you know, uh, the open test was at Barber a couple times. Uh, you know, an open test is you know all cars, you know, for two days. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm sure there's uh, someone actually mentioned to me that they might also be running a day on the or a bit on the oval as well on the Homestead Oval, which I I don't know if that's true or not. I I, I don't think that's true. I, I don't know why that would be. The case because that's a very high speed oval that could go you know that and that's it doesn't really help you anywhere else so um so yeah i'm, I'm not sure but uh but yeah homestead obviously has been run in as on the indycar schedule you know in, in the past as an oval um and they run a lot of race cars there all the time so i don't know why but that's where everyone is and the teams have to agree to that so that they must have they, they must yeah. have all been like yeah that's fine so there you go yeah. all right cool yeah yeah, so uh, three days of cars on track down there. Interesting, uh, you know, little tie-ins like you mentioned with Jack Harvey, Dale Coyne, speculation going on there, of course. Uh, why wouldn't it? Um, so definitely just things to keep an eye on here over the next few days and, um, you know, as you're hopefully listening to this. Uh, we did get an update on, um, from, we got an update from a uh, former Indy 500 winner. Um, a uh, and a Simon Pagano, um, yes, a guy that you that 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 you um filled in for after this incident last year at Mid Ohio. Um, he put out a statement today, just updating everybody on his health status, his status for 2024. Um, and Bobby sent it over to us. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll just read. Yeah, it. go ahead and read it. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is from Simon Pagano. Uh, it says, quote, 2023 wasn't an easy year for me, as most of you will know. My racing was cut short on July 1 when I had a big accident during practice at Mid-Ohio. My car suffered a manufacturer brake failure, resulting in my leaving the track with several high-speed rolls at 180 miles per hour. The IndyCar safety team did an amazing job to get me out of the car and to look after me the first hours after the impact, and I will forever be thankful to them. Due to the accident, I couldn't continue my season, which meant that I only did eight races in 2023. 
Ever since, I've been concentrating on getting my health back to 100%. For that, I've been working closely with a great team of doctors, and I've been progressing every day. I don't know yet if I will be back behind a wheel in 2024, nor if I am ready for it. I want to take things slowly to make sure that when I come back, I am at my very best again. For now, I want to thank all of you who have sent messages of support, and of course, a big thanks to my family, friends, and team who have been there for me 24-7. While I'm working on my next steps, I also want to take the opportunity to look back at my career and reminisce with you about past success and special moments. But don't get me wrong, this is not the end, as better times are ahead. Have a great 2024, everyone. Um, so there you have it. Simon Pagano, um, kind of up in the air right now. He's progressing to get better, but he, he emphatically says this is not uh, the end of Simon Pagano's racing career. It. Yeah, so uh, the his camp has been very quiet, obviously. Simon's been very quiet because it's hard. You don't want to just start shouting out like, hey, I'm at the doctor this week or I got to go. I mean... Everyone yeah. has their own way of dealing with things, and that that's got to be hard. I, I can't imagine, you know. And I haven't talked, I haven't got to talk to Simon a lot either. Uh, but I, but I can't imagine what that's like. You know, if if I, you know, if Simon's a champion and and you know, IndyCar champion, Indy 500 champion, and to have that, you know, the ability to, uh, you know, to race an IndyCar all of a sudden kind of taken away, we don't know for how long, obviously. Um. Yeah, that's got to be hard. I, I can't imagine w- w- what that's like, and especially someone who thrives on success, right? Like the guy's a winner. He wants to win. He wants to compete. Uh, he loves IndyCar racing. I mean, anytime we're in uh, series meetings, he cares so much about the future of the series, how we can all get better. You know, Simon and I did a, you know, we, we were going to go you know, talk to the stewards that one race weekend. If you remember talking about the show, I was going to, I was go, I was rolling with them to talk to the series about how we, how we make this better, how we make things better and do this. And no one else, uh, no one else got on the train. It was just me and Simon. So, and obviously we've had our comings together as, as well on the racetrack, but, uh, but overall just a, a, a good human being. Uh, and he's a family man too, right? He's a, he's a dad. He's, he's got a wife, you know, he's, he's got too. family to care about. Yeah. Um, so you just good to see something from him. Hey, does it tell us a lot? No, but it, but, but it's telling us that, Hey, he's fighting the good fight. He's fighting through what he's got going on. And, a lot of times, especially when it comes to the neurological side and like, you know, concussions, how are you supposed to know? It's not like an arm that's like broken and like, yeah, when the bones heal, like you're going to be okay. A lot yep. of that stuff is very sensitive and, and and I don't know much about it, but I know we in racing and in the NFL, everyone is trying to learn more about how the brain, uh, you know, works and how it reacts to impacts and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, again, just good to see. Uh, something from Simon, and and I I really do hope we see him back in a race car at some point. I could see him being, you know, if if Michael Shank has his sports car program come back next year, Simon Pagano is probably the first one in line for that, right? I would love yep. to be Simon's teammate in that sports car situation. I would love to call. I'm going to probably call Mike Shank every week about that if he happens to come back to the you know sports car world next year. Um, but uh, I could see that being a great situation for him to slot in. Uh, and, and, and who knows, who knows if that's what he wants to do. Um, but I know Simon's a racer, so, you know, he wants to race. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, another guy that's just, you know, from my perspective as somebody who's a fan and somebody who works more on the content media side of all this, uh, anytime I can do stuff with Simon, uh, is a great fun time. Um, just, just, uh, not only a great driver, but, uh, really, really fun personality uh fun driver engaging guy uh yes who always provides fun you know good conversation 
And uh, it is always down to do silly things like me or silly, silly things like, you know, eat donuts with me in an RV and, and shit like that. So um, certainly hope to see him out and about uh, maybe, you know, at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway come May, because I know everybody certainly loves them. Some Simon Pagano out there. Um, but yeah, good, good to hear from him to, to start this year for sure. Before things really get revving up. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You, we mentioned last week, Connor, we had a clip of it, uh, our pal Marco Andretti. Uh, yes. We, we know that he is obviously going to be running the Indy 500. Uh, that's his annual. We know he's going to be there and look forward yes. to that. Uh, but he also announced um, his truck and ARCA campaign for 2024. Pretty pretty stacked schedule for our pal Marco. Yeah, so as we mentioned on the show a little bit, and then Marco Marco was kind enough to retweet us and put our show out there a little bit. Um, we're we got we got to get people to share the show more often if they're on the show. Marco hasn't even been on the show, and he's sharing the show. So come on now. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, we got uh, big schedule for Marco. Uh, basically, like half Arca, half trucks, more Arca than trucks. Um, but I, but I, what he's trying to do is basically just learn the system, right? ARCA weekends, ARCA races have a bit more practice. That's kind of why he is doing it, as as talking to him about it. Uh, and gets him used to the stock car even more, right? Get in that heavy wagon, get in the, uh, you know, get in that four-speed gearbox and just get used to it, right? This oh, is yeah. hard to adapt to for anyone who's come from the the open wheel world. I know. I mean, I haven't driven an ARCA car, but I've driven every other form of stock car, and it's a challenge. It's it's different. It's a it's a different sensation. It's a different um need for it's a different need for speed. You know, it's a it's a different type of speed. Um <laughs> and and I got to respect that he's, you know, just putting in the time. He's going to I mean, I've seen a lot of the ARCA races. There's some wild and crazy stuff that happens there that you're like oh boy I that's silly and Marco's pretty smart so I assume that there's going to be several several moments that probably annoy him because there's a lot of young guys a lot of young guys and girls in that series that you're like okay all right, I don't know why these decisions were made but you but it helps him get that track experience it help him get helps him get on the NASCAR schedule and um you know he's got a couple double duty races as well you know IRP that'll be a big one he does the ARCA race and the truck race um but uh but yeah truck race at coda he'll obviously be you know be probably pretty well sorted for that one uh arca daytona phoenix kansas portland sonoma a lot of road courses you know got iowa and the arc I, I wouldn't be surprised if marco wins the iowa iowa race at in arca i, I he was he's good at iowa and in, in the indycar it's a great short oval um so uh i, I could see marco winning an arca race i'm gonna say right now marco wins an arca race this year i, th- right. I think so um <laughs> And yeah, so cool, so cool to see that we we kind of pre-gamed it a little bit, but uh, good to see him get that out there. Yeah, always fun, you know. Marco's got such an interesting life, you know, and and it's been well documented <laughs> on this show. Just uh, you know, he has his hand in a whole bunch of different baskets. And yes, so indeed. Him every year, 
whether it be off track, on track, is always certainly fun. Um, I know I look forward to to seeing him out in Indy uh, here in just, you know, three, four short months here. Um, Absolutely. Some more cool news and for another friend of the show, old Jimmy Johnson inducted (laughs) into uh, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That was phenomenal. So good to see for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy, Chad Knauss, Donnie Allison, uh, great Hall of Fame members. We obviously got to pay respects to the NASCAR world. Uh, And you know what? We can claim some of Jimmy. He was an IndyCar guy a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I got one of his IndyCar helmets right here in the house. So, uh, pretty cool to see Jimmy. Obviously, I mean, he completely deserves it. He's he's the he's a you know he's a goat as they say. Um, so yeah, very very cool to see that. Uh, and then as as we mentioned a little bit earlier too, to kind of get into some more racing stuff that has to do with IndyCar as well. Rolex Twenty Four Daytona. Uh, we had some qualifying this weekend. I had I had Peacock fired up. I didn't just buy it for the NFL game the other ah. day. I have Peacock. I'm a Peacock subscriber because we like to support NBC and IndyCar. Um, and honestly, I, I do like what IMSA has done because it's it's kind of like they've extended the Rolex 20. Like, you got the roar before the 24. The roar used to be, like, uh, early January or or even, like, like right at the end of this. Like, it just we used to be way before, um, way before the actual Rolex 24. But now they've, like, tried to, you know, make it like, hey, we got qualifying this weekend too, which is which is pretty cool. It kind of gives them like a two week, two weeks sure. worth of of extreme relevance. And we got a lot of IndyCar guys down there. I saw Joseph Newgarden getting interviewed, James Hinchcliffe, uh, Alex Rossi. Um, you've got Felix Rosenquist, Pat O'Ward, uh, Marcus Erickson. Uh, so many guys. Jensen Button from Formula One. I mean, a ton of drivers. Uh, you know, from our series. Uh, and, and and it's great to see. So I I think that's a fantastic event. I think you're gonna be in for a great race uh, come next weekend as well. Um, so yeah, very cool to see the Rolex in gear, race cars driving around the track. You had all kinds of different things to watch, which is very exciting. I, I mean, for me, I'm out here. I'm in an HOA meeting. I'm I'm paying attention to my HOA Zoom call, but I got qualifying yeah. on the TV, and I'm like just sitting here looking at qualifying. I gotta be looking at qualifying the whole time. Counter Daily HOA member? Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we got to have the HOA. You know, we're in the we're in the HOA. We care about the community, care about the neighbors. Good for you. Are you? Do we have a presidential run on the horizon here? Absolutely not. I, I definitely voted to retain the same leadership uh, because <laughs> they don't want me being a treasurer or a leader of anything. So I am very happy that my neighbors don't force me into any form of uh, leadership role in the, in the HOA. Hey, we, we were talking, and people will hear in our interview with Alex Rossi uh, next week. couple I, weeks, yeah, next week maybe. Uh, we're talking a little preview of, of different content ideas, a series ideas. That could be something there. Race car driver who also doubles as a president of HOA or a treasurer. Um, <laughs> Man, I just, yeah. So I couldn't a- do it. I'm not going to lie. I, I, trust, uh, I, I trust other people who... Uh, are more uh well they're older than me first of all and probably more experienced in the business realm i I can barely handle my life as it is i'm trying to i'm trying to raise millions of dollars to go racing and that hasn't worked so uh (laughs) i'm trying to basically go weekend by weekend like a bit of a uh just a a wanderer i'm I'm like a vagabond right now just trying to be a race car driver again so it's a bit of a uh you know it's a it's a tough deal but but that's how it is i I i'm living life day one day at a time yep 
I feel that, brother. It's okay. I, you know, sometimes that's all you can do. Um, we're looking ahead. We're, we're just about four months out uh, from the greatest spectacle in racing um, on, on, on May 26th. And good news coming out of that, uh, Molson Coors extends the partnership with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I mean, you got to think if a huge, huge booze distributor like that and brand <laughs> is wanting to up re-up that uh that's that's good business and good news on uh the indianapolis motor speedway front yeah for sure i mean they've been a loyal partner of the ims for a long time uh and and that's great you know i i obviously had a deal with michelob ultra last year trying to have that same deal again this year uh great uh great partnership there but uh but yeah we gotta we, we love seeing business deals happen now we gotta see you know more television shows We've got to see a few more things here and there, but True. one step at a time. Uh, it's it's exciting to see, and uh, and yeah, there was there's been a lot of news, and, and we're going to keep seeing news. You know, this week we had a lot of news that happened both uh, on all fronts of of the racing spectrum. Uh, we have uh, you know track time happening currently. Uh, you know, next week we're going to have a great show. Uh, anything interesting and, there that's popped uh, up on the live tracker uh anything that's popping up there we that... don't i don't think we have access to the live tracker right now i i can <laughs> uh i can search on the twitter sphere but no times as of yet they're probably at a lunch break um but uh i can see if there's any there's gonna be people who maybe it's a little chilly they're probably gonna you know probably run like wait till the afternoon save some tires uh but uh but yeah the only screenshot that i saw which is still from like 44 minutes ago. You had Marcus Erickson fastest, Felix Rosenquist second, Augustine Canapino third, Alex Pillow fourth, Joseph Newgarden fifth. So, but only nine cars have run. So we we can't we can't read a lot, but that's what we're going to read into currently. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's all we got. Cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, what do you say, man? You want to get into this Lindsey Brewer conversation? Yes, yes. Let's uh, let's get this interview going and uh, and hope you folks enjoy it and 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 let us know what you think. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a another racing driver as our guest this week. A uh, a talented racing driver, a young racing driver. We mentioned that we were going to have some of the young guns on our show at uh, the beginning of this year, uh, the young and up and comers. Uh, this is a female driver in the Indy NXT series. She has done many years of racing, but also went to college, unlike me, and probably a unlike a lot of the racing drivers uh, out there right now. So, driver of the number 76 for Junkos Hollinger Racing in the Indy NXT series, or Indy Lights, which I like to still call it, but obviously it's Indy NXT, uh, Lindsay Brewer. Lindsay, thank you for hey. being here. How are you doing? How you You all right? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's an early morning here. I'm, yeah. I'm excited and ready to go. You know, I'm out here on the West Coast, but yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. give some people a little bit. First of all, like, 
there might be some folks that are not familiar with your story, right? Like I've known you a very long time. Like we, you know, by, I, we were in Go. I was doing the Supernats. You were doing the Supernats. Like I'm obviously a little bit older than you are, but like known you for a long time and known your story and and what's what's going on. But kind of give a little bit of people like just a background of hey, obviously you did the go karting ranks. You went through there. You know, you were doing a bunch of stuff there. Oh. But then you went to school. So kind of just give people a quick summary on like, hey, yeah. this is where I started. This is where I came from. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm from Colorado originally, and my family has no racing background or history, but I just went to a birthday party at a go-kart track when I was 11 and absolutely fell in love with it. I ended up beating like all the adults, all the boys, everyone at the track. And so um, the owner of the track told my dad, you know, hey, like she's pretty good. You should buy her a mini max Rotax cart. So he bought me one and I ended up winning the regional championship my first year in that. And I just loved racing from then. I knew it's what I wanted to do. So um, as I progressed, I moved up to Rotax Junior. And then I did uh, a Scusa uh, Pro Tour, like Shifter Cards, the S2 series, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, Super Nats was amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, I was able to do some top 10 finishes in the Pro Tour, which honestly is pretty, it's such a competitive series. Good stuff, yeah. It's, it's Shifter a lot Cards of fun. are hard. They're it's hard. so hard honestly it, i struggle physically with the cars i've been driving and i'll get further into that later but shifter carts was probably the craziest most physical thing i've ever driven it, people underestimate how how fun and how difficult they are really um but then you know i i was like okay i really want to move up to cars i was around 17 years old so i went to skip barber racing school which a lot of people i feel like go from karting to get their scca license there and yep. um i did <laughs> yeah no it honestly is the best place yeah. to go to so i did the open wheel um school there and i was able to meet someone who saw a talent in me and um they had already been sponsoring someone in indycar at the time so they were able to give me a chance and um they purchased like a, a test to the usf 2000 car for me out at button willow and i absolutely loved the car it was amazing i was set to be on a team for a full season of usf 2000 at 17 so i was super excited uh, and then unfortunately the financial situation fell through on that end and for indycar as well like it just didn't work out for any of the drivers so i kind of was like okay what do i do um so my family told me they're like hey you know we just can't financially support car racing it's so expensive and so um they told me I needed to go to, to school. And so I went to San Diego State University and absolutely loved it. I knew I wanted to go to school. Um, business has always been a passion of mine. So I went and got my business degree, uh, business management degree and graduated in 2019. But I um, drove a couple legend car, this legend car championship in the 2015-2016 season and ended up winning. Um, it was just, it was called the US, it was the road course us legends national series but it was it was good competition and ended up winning the the championship in overall points so it was um that was a lot of fun but then again sponsorship fell through you know how that that goes in racing oh, yes. and <laughs> then so finished out college graduated in 2019 drove one celine cup race with the original sponsor i had from back when that sponsorship fell through again so and it was 2020 but then i was able to meet um my current manager chris young he worked at the clubhouse media group and they were able to fund by racing for 2021 um and i did sro um touring cars in a honda civic type r which was a lot of fun oh, um it's a good series and it's my first 
Yeah, it was my first time driving a, a manual, which is really weird because yeah. people think like a racing driver would know how to to drive manual because but everything was shifter carts, so, you know, sequential or paddle shifters. So I was like, hey, like, uh, yeah, you so missed I, that I, era. I, yeah, you were you I were really the next miss era. That era. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I was born in '97, so I yeah. honestly feel old now compared to all the kids now born in, <laughs> you know, in the 2000s. But um, yeah. yeah, I definitely missed that era. But it was a lot of fun. Um, and then moved up to I tried Indie Pro 2000 out in 2022. Did a half season there. Um, did five races, which was a lot of fun. I struggled a lot in in that car. That was so physical for me because I, I really underestimated you know there's no power steering compared to a touring car and so i underestimated the training i had to put into it so um struggled a lot physically there did indie pro 2000 again in 2023 but they renamed it usf pro 2000 championships yep <laughs> and then now <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm doing doing indie next this year so quite a big jump up i know i'm moving through the ranks pretty quickly um but yeah, I'm really excited. And I honestly love this car. I think the platform itself, it seems like almost an easier car to drive than the Indy Pro 2000, just because uh -huh. it's a more balanced platform. I actually like and enjoy, I enjoy driving it more. So it's been a lot of fun testing. It's fast though. It's so fast compared to the other car. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a quick it's, car. <laughs> it's quick. Uh, I remember talking to my old teammate. He he tested in the Indy car. Um, he's with Adretti right now at Louie. And he said the jump from USF Pro to Indy Next is fat is like a faster jump than like Indy Next Indy Car, like in terms of speed, like the feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, so, you'll get there. Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Joe. You got something? Yeah, no, I just um, I'm, I'm fascinated by obviously your your online presence, your social media presence you have on your website. You're the most followed American, you know, uh, pro race car driver out I there. I think Tony Breidinger just pat surpassed me in that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, hey, not, not big numbers. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's yeah. fascinating to me, and it's kind of you know, Connor and I talk about this a lot with different um, drivers, whether it be in Formula One and how you know they're they're celebrities basically, and they have such a following. What is it like for you to um, balance kind of having this huge following fandom online presence while also making sure that you have everything squared away, you know, on track and behind the wheel? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of pressure, honestly, only when I'm at the track because I enjoy doing social media. Um, I just organically kind of grew my following when I was in college and I just I knew it was a way to get sponsorship. So that's why I originally started pursuing social media and and really doing that um and I, I was the truth i was able to get it through clubhouse media group and so it's been great and i enjoy creating content and and showing that side of my life but the only time it becomes a bit stressful is when i'm at the track and i'm focused on racing and i have to go over data after a session or something and then i have my videographer trying to film me and like doing all this stuff but <laughs> the, the on-track content is honestly what performs the best and what i need to do to to keep sponsorships so like I have to do that. I don't come from like a really wealthy family that can just pay for my racing. But then at oh. the same time, like I know I need to focus on racing and, you know, I'm not at the front of the pack right now and I really want to like get quicker and better. So it, that's the only time I would say that I struggle with social media, um, just keeping that balance when I'm at the track. But most of the time, I, I really do love it. I think what I respect about you and and kind of how you talk about things, right? Because there is without a doubt in the world that we're living in, you know, you especially, there's going to be a ton of supporters, but there are going to be a ton of people who obviously just throw <laughs> a ton of awful things at you, yes. right? Because yeah. they can, because obviously 
it racing is very hard to do yes it there's a financial element to it right but yeah. it it's 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 it, I, I i i hate to see that because I, you are honest about it. you're like hey i struggled physically in this in the in the indy pro 2000 car right like yeah. i know that i was not you know winning races but like you can't just stop pursuing like something that you really love to do and something that yeah. like i i think there were definitely moments and again everyone watches we all pay attention on race weekends like what's it's going cool. on like there are definitely moments where you've had you know quite a bit of speed in a couple different places for someone who has not done this very often right yeah so exactly. as you're putting in more laps as you're doing more testing you know you've your social following that you built which i remember telling you when you were younger i was like you're definitely gonna have way more followers than me i promise you that <laughs> i remember you saying to me like oh you have way more followers than me i was like i, I like Lindsay, i promise following. you you're gonna be just fine and sure enough <laughs> here we are but um but anyway I, I i just i think what people need to understand is like you are accepting how difficult this racing world is and you have built this network. You have built this group of people. And your manager, great guy too. Like that guy a lot. That's smart so guy. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, he's awesome. But is that? I just <laughs> want to make people aware that, like, hey, you get how hard this is. Like, you're not yeah. taking this for you know for granted at all. And like, you are trying to put in the work. But you've also exactly. you've also got this media empire essentially that is helping you to get in to provide that chance and. Yeah. All people ask for in racing is a chance, right? And so you built this chance for you, which does take yeah. work. And so now you you understand that there are challenges. You're not like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just a female racing driver. I'm exactly. here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have a great time. It's like no, you know that it's hard, right? Exactly. Like you, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like I I understand how difficult the sport is. I understand there's a lot of drivers who perhaps are quicker than me or have more experience or right now are more talented than me and they're upset and they don't get that chance and they kind of resent me for it. But at the end of the day, we all love racing. This is what we love to do. And I'm of course going to accept this opportunity and I'm super grateful and I'm going to put in a lot of work this year. Like it's, you know, and I'm, I'm really hoping for some top tens because again, in this car, like I know considering I only have a year and a half of open professional open wheel experience, like, and some of the people I'm racing against, like have 10 plus years. Like I, I'm, honestly okay with i mean i'm not okay with my pace right now like but i'm proud of myself for where i come and i know i'm going to continue to work hard and continue to get quicker and a big issue again was my strength and these cars are beasts you know like so I, i've been in the yep. gym non-stop like four to five days a week and i feel really good in that i did 90 laps that um sebring and i did 75 laps at barber which was I was surprised. That's hard. And That's so, hard so, I mean, I know I'm putting in the work. I know I'll get quicker. This car is a completely different animal than the last one. So I know I'll, I'll get up there. But yeah, I definitely don't take it for granted. And like me personally, like I think like, like when I did GP3 and like GP2, like it, that's like a two years at a time type thing, right? Where when I did yeah. ProMaz, it was two years at a time. So like I hope that people don't judge anything from you in this first year, but I hope that you <laughs> get know. to come back next year and do Indy NXT again, right? Because yeah. that's that's how you grow as a driver. You're like, hey, I'm going to learn everything this year. And then when I come back for year two, is that kind of your general plan? Like, is that what, yeah. what it looks like? Yeah, exactly. So I was, I definitely want to do a second year in Indy Next. And I was chatting with Jamie Chadwick at Barber, actually. And she was like, I was a bit stressed out at the time. I was three seconds off the pace, but it, it's Barber. I know it's the time. That's tough. Yeah. Back. It's tough, but I was talking to her and she's like, I was four seconds off the pace here last year. Like, yeah. And she struggled a lot. I know at the beginning of the Indy Next season last year, she really was able to make grounds and work her way up. And now she's really quick and testing and she's doing really well. And in the race, she was P1 for a second last, last yeah. weekend. Seagram. She's really quick and has a lot of talent, but she needed, again, that experience in that car and to 
to work her way up. So that's kind of, you know, what I'm hoping that I can, yeah, I'm struggling a bit on pace. I've only had like two and a half full days in the car or it poured at anyway. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get that experience in, and and get quicker throughout the year and, and into next year too. Uh, who are no some unintended indie next. Yeah. <laughs> So we're I still think of it as indie lights too. It's okay. That's no, all we right. still do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, who, who were some of your racing heroes? People that you looked up to? Who you were a fan of when you were growing up and coming up in it? Yeah. Um. Obviously, I would say Danica Patrick, just because you know I've never met her in person. Um. But she, I do admire what she's done because again, she had a lot of haters. People can say a lot of things about her, but at the end of the day, she was a badass and she's super quick and. Um, I respect the hell out of what she was able to do. And um, and then on another note, I really, I do love Lewis Hamilton too, as a, as a person, as a driver, because not only is he such a phenomenal driver, but he also does a lot of things off track too, has a lot of passions and interests off track that he pursues. And I feel like he is trying to help, you know, underprivileged drivers get the funding and get involved in the sport. Um, and Sebastian Battle, I would say, is, is another one that I, I really love and respect, so... Now, yeah. how hard is so? This is a question that I'm fascinated. Like, you get to do a lot of cool stuff. I think anyone who's followed you, like, Different. you're obviously you're in a very high level group of, of <laughs> society. Like, it's no. that's just how it is. Like, that's just life, right? But you're also trying to grind it out at the racetracks with you know that's like you know young drivers. Like when I was a young driver, like we all went through it. Like you're just you know you're at the track early, you're at the gym all the time, oh, yeah. like. It's yeah. very not like a cool lifestyle. Like, yes, you get to drive and you try to make, you know, live your dream, but you're not making a living in the road to Indy. Like, no one's no. doing that. Like, no one is, you know, we're, we're not, you know, you're racing at 8 a.m. or like, you know, at 11. <laughs> Indy NXT, thankfully, is the pregame show. So, you know, you're right before the Indy car races now. You moved up. But then you get to go to do all these, you know, fancy events in life. You get to do, like, you get to do cool stuff, right? That's just the, yeah. the, the way life has worked out. How difficult is that to be like, hey, I'm, I'm doing really cool. I'm doing some fancy event in Miami or whatever it is, but I got to be like straight back to the gym. Here we go. Like, let's yeah. get, let's get ready to go. How, how difficult is that mentally? Cause it's probably pretty fun to go do that stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is again, a big balance and I've had to fly straight from, I remember I had to do a red eye from straight from an event and then I had to fly and do a test session, but I've had to go to that event because it was a, they were paying me money which i then wrote exactly. the check for the for the test so like yeah. it's like people forget again i don't have this family funding so like on social media they see me doing these all like events paid events and like traveling the world yeah. and doing crazy stuff i got to film a pirelli commercial at lake como in milan and like i got i get to do so much cool stuff but that pays for my you're team. in a movie like, you're in a movie, in a movie recently <laughs> that that was more that was like a side quest yeah. i really enjoyed yeah. doing that like it was like a one day uh this producer ali afshar asked me in to do it i was like hell yeah hey why not and um <laughs> it was during the off season and you know how it, we have a lot of time then yeah yeah and it's been um it's been a lot of fun but it does get stressful you know i'm on the plane a lot you know as a racing driver you're already on the plane a lot but then i have to fly to events and do different things and i really care about my family and they they don't live in state too so i'm just always on the go always traveling um you get used to it though and i kind of like put myself like i compartmentalize my life and like I'm in a mindset where I just know I'm on the go all the time. So I'm, I'm used to it, but it does get tiring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. Go ahead, Joey. No. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're full-time at Indy next. And like Connor said, it's, you know, kind of the pregame, the lead up to IndyCar. 
Um, how familiar have you been? Are you with IndyCar in terms of like, is that the end goal for you? Like we talking Indy 500? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's for sure been my dream since I was a kid. I know how tough it is to get there and I know it's not an easy car to drive. So I'm going to work hard the next couple of years. But yeah, being in the Indy 500 would be a dream of mine. You know, that's like what my sights have been on. Obviously, I'm not going to discount uh, sports cars in a few years. I do think that's interesting as well. IMSA, um, any, honestly, Connor knows anytime you could drive anything and you get an opportunity to drive anything, like you're going to take it. Like racing at the end of the day is racing and you still get that accelerating feel like, or exhilarating feel like in passion for it. Of course, open wheels, like the fighter jets of, of racing and you love it. And yeah. it's like what we're passionate about. But like we, the feeling of racing that passion doesn't go away with any other form. Like I would race jet skis if I got paid to race jet skis. Like that feeling of like competing and racing is is amazing. And um, yeah, if I got the opportunity to race a NASCAR down the line or in, in sports cars, I would take that too. You know, I love it. Love it all. Okay. Yeah. Talk uh, about this, uh, the relationship with Yunkos Hollinger. Obviously I love Ricardo Yunkos. I've had a great so relationship funny, with them in my life. Yeah, I, they've, they've, they've always been, you know, the the benchmark in the road to Indy for a long time, you know, Indy NXC, maybe they're, they're still probably looking for that last little bit, but it's a, it's yeah. a very well-established team. They've got obviously two strong Indy cars. Um, but you've got like some great partners in this program too. You've got like, you know, real, like you, a consumable energy drink, right? C4 <laughs> energy. Like they sent me a bunch of drinks. I've got some over there at Hell one yeah. point. So like, <laughs> there's like, you've got, you've got partners that people can support. You've got partners that have wrapped around this program. C4 seems to really enjoy it. So how how is this relationship developed? You, your partners are very happy. They're excited about what's going on. And Ricardo Yunkos, obviously, very supportive as well. Yeah, so I'm very excited, first of all, to be with Yunkos and Ricardo. He's been such a great help and honestly a great coach. You know, and he, he's really good at He has, runs a great program. And I think this year they have taken that final step up in the program. Michael DiRolando was my teammate this past test he was p1 the whole pretty much the whole time very quick car i feel good about it it's good um, to have that data yeah it is i'm like yeah super glad i have like a really really fast driver with me um can get that data but i feel really good about this year the c4 smart energy we're doing c4 ultimate energy now this year the black can oh, so all right match the car ultimate um, <laughs> three, <laughs> 300 milligrams of caffeine so we're gonna see how that goes. perfect <laughs> more um, caffeine yeah, the better for me <laughs> I know. I, I'm gonna. I feel really good though about this year. We have G Technic on board too, which is this ceramic coating company, and there's a lot of synergy that goes hand in hand. I think with the team and me as well, because they're very much um, in tune with social social media. Where I think a lot of teams or owners of in racing, um, they kind of want to stay in the old school way. And you know, I I just think Kunko's Ricardo, they understand social media and the power behind it. So. We have obviously Grosjean and Canapino too. So between the three of us, I think we have the most social media of all indie cars, oh, yeah. you know, between the three of us. And I think that's a really powerful thing as well. Um, that is going to be really helpful this next year and to collaborate on sponsorships leading up into the future too, I think will be really cool. So I'm really happy to be partnered with them and driving with them. Absolutely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Connor mentioned earlier that not many drivers, you know, uh, you don't hear too much about, you know, drivers who go to college and then yeah. go back into racing. <laughs> Uh, what was that challenge like for you in terms of having time where you were focused on getting your degree, living the college life, and then all of a sudden you hop back <laughs> into the car? I, I, I'm sure physically everything was it was pretty difficult to to hop back in there, right? Yeah, well, to be honest, I didn't race much during that those whole four years of school. So people, you know, I raced since I was a kid, but there's a lot of gaps within that, so I don't have that much experience. Like when I went to school, I did that legend car thing in 2015. Um, and then I didn't race again until October of 2019. So like I had a full four years where I wasn't able to race because of lack of funding. And I honestly, that was, was, college was amazing. I met my best friend. I met my boyfriend. Like I, I do, I do like, I'm grateful for it. And I got that experience, but at the same time, all those four years, like I felt like this piece of me was just missing. And I felt like I had no purpose and I would wake up and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, there's this piece of me that's just gone. And like, I thought to myself, I was like, you know, like, am I done forever? Like, am I not going to race again? And like, then I just knew to myself, I, I was like, no, I'm going to race again. Like, I'm confident in my ability. Like, I know what I need to do. So I started building my social media. And um, yeah, I knew it wasn't the end, but it sure felt like it for a while. And it, it, it was probably the toughest part of my life just because like that piece was gone. But I, I knew I'd get get it back. So <laughs> but I'm One grateful. Thing I... I went, it sounds so morbid, but I am grateful I got that degree yeah. and that experience. And, and now it helps me. In, in, you know, I have that obviously to fall back on. Um, and it helps me, I think, in any business. I mean, if you can get through life, like going to have <laughs> that college experience and then also being a racing driver, like that's pretty cool. Like not a yeah, lot of us yeah. can say that, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's yeah, it it's fun. definitely interesting. <laughs> um, the, so the social media side as well, this is this is actually something that I find quite interesting. Because people right now, like companies especially, are craving uh, this just just content, right? Like, obviously, yeah. you know, my girlfriend does a ton of, you know, a ton of content work, does a great job, is so creative, has to dedicate so much time and effort to putting, you know, putting incredible stuff out there. And when when you see companies that are willing to pay you to do events or, or, or content or whatever, and then you have, like, was it difficult to convince people instead of just to be like, hey, let's do a bunch of content together. Like, hey, I'd actually like to go racing, but like, I'll also be doing content. Because again, yeah. I, if you do several different posts doing several different things, you know, it can be small chunks of money here and there, but for like a racing budget, that's like a big yeah. chunk of money. So I'm curious as to like, I, I actually heard as well from Tony Breidinger at one point, she was like, yeah, everyone wants to pay us to do like social media stuff, but it's yeah. hard to get like the budget for racing. So yes. how, how how difficult is that to kind of manage both? Because you want to make money. Like that yeah. the goal is to be paid, yeah, right? Yeah, I haven't made money yet. People exactly. think I'm balling so like, out, but everything goes to my race. Yeah. So <laughs> how how do you work on either combining that or trying to sell it together? Like, hey, we're gonna go racing, it's gonna be really cool, but I'm also like obviously a, a superstar. Yeah. So no, it, it is difficult, I think, to to get sponsors to write that check because I think so many companies are so used to just influencers right now and they see my following and they want that social media post like I think my one of my posts gets more eyeballs than an IndyCar race in general so they think that they can get that's, that's I don't know no, if we should probably just, talk about that we have yeah, to <laughs> that out, but like, it, it's, it's, it's interesting 
but it's a good selling point. My point to that is it's a good selling point for the sponsors to include my social media in it. So it's not just like eyeballs on the car. Like I feel like when we sell sponsorship, it always includes my social media. Absolutely. So I think sometimes they take it companies I have a, that we declined, like take it for granted and they want to just do social media. And sometimes we do just do social media posts, but at the end of the day, like money's money and that money I get for an Instagram post will then like, you know, go towards racing if I need it. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, like now I, I'm pretty confident we have the budget secured for this year, which is great. I'm really happy about it, but we do want to start making money, you know, how hard yeah. it is. And, um, I haven't been able to make money yet. Obviously on the road to Indy, it's so difficult, but Again, it's it's what I love to do. I know a lot of my friends in social media have, make so much money in there. You know, they're doing all these things, but like I would rather race and yeah. yeah. But it is it is difficult to to get companies to go on board and write that full check for the season because I think sometimes they just don't have that like that knowledge. They only want to do social media, so yeah, it's it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, the C four is a great example. NG Technic. Like they understand the value like of racing and like the content creation behind that. So it's it's really good. I see the surfboard back there behind you. Is that oh, uh that's not mine. That's for- <laughs> oh, it's not? Okay, never mind. I was gonna I'm so ask bad you. at surfing. <laughs> I mean, I tried surfing. I did this like outdoor I can wake surf and then I did this outdoor there surf park and I and I got up, but like <laughs> So I've got yeah. one more question for you on on just the whole Females in motorsport, right? There's obviously a big push right now. We had Catherine Leg on the show. Talked to her a lot about it. She's, you know, <laughs> she's got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things to say about that. I've obviously raced against her at the highest level. Um, but do you see a lot of good things happening right now for for getting, you know, getting women involved in motorsport in general? Like, how do you feel about it? Because obviously, there's there's a huge push. We've got the W Series, which is now, uh, you know, F1 Academy, F1 Academy or whatever Academy, it is yeah. now. Yeah. So. You've got uh, a, basically a whole grid of, of young female drivers over there. We've got, you know, several in the road to Indy system uh, here in, in North America. I mean, how does it feel? How do you how do you view that? Obviously, you know that you have to go out and be the best that you can be no matter what. Yeah. I think that's that's what it's all about, right? You you want to be the best of the best. But do you, is it enjoyable to see, hey, like this is this is cool to to see what's going on in the in the in the in the landscape of motor racing? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, I always cared about getting more women involved in the sport. And I think it's just so important. You know, there's a, a lack of introduction um, to motorsport at an early age. I think that's like, the, it was just by chance. I happened to get the opportunity to go to the track and then kick all their asses when I was a little girl. But like yeah. most women don't get the opportunity. Like I grew up around four wheelers, snowmobile vehicles, living in Colorado. I always was able to like be around that. And so my dad didn't treat me any differently. Um, but a lot of women just don't and little girls don't get that opportunity. So I think it's great what F1 Academy is doing. I was chatting with Susie Wolf about it and she's like, you should join it. And I'm like, there's an age <laughs> limit. First of all, I'm too old oh. for it. And I, oh yeah, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like chirped her a little bit on that yeah. note. It was, but I do think it's, it's really amazing what they're doing in that push for females in motorsports, because again, there's just like lack of um, like, intro- they're not introduced enough. So like when people get upset, they're like, why isn't a woman winning these races? I'm like, just think about how rare it is to have a champion in a pool of like, say a thousand men yeah. how rare it is to get those champions there's not even a thousand women so the odds of getting that champion within the small pool of women like is so small and like there just needs to be more women in the sport to give them that equal opportunity and um you know i hope i can be one to make women proud and be the best driver i can be you know that's why it's, it is frustrating when i don't have like perform and have the best results 
um, just because I know I know I have the talent. I know I just have struggled not having enough experience, and I'm excited to continue to push forward. And um, yeah, I think it's great though, and I really want to get more women involved. So that's awesome, Joey. You yeah. have anything else? No, I think I'm great. I just yeah. uh, appreciate the time, Lindsay. It's been it's been good. Thank you, guys. No, it's yeah, been a Lindsay. Pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you being on here. Um, you know, it, I, I'm excited for you. Obviously, I you know we we've we've, we've yeah. communicated over the years. I've tried to be as helpful as I can be. I hope I, I wish you all the best. Honestly, like I think it's I think it's great to see more and more women involved in this sport. I've obviously like my cousin Nikki is is pushing hard for for women in motorsport as well. She does yes. a ton. So like it's just it's just good to see. And obviously, it's going to be hard. You know, it's going to be hard. It and does. like I respect that you know that. So you know, yeah, don't worry about all these idiots what they have to say in year one right like yeah. just keep working on it like i always say that you just as long as you focus on being the best you can be look at year two look at look forward like just put in everything you can do to learn yeah um exactly. and, I, and I, I you know what if it works awesome if it doesn't well you can't say that you didn't give it everything you had right 100 percent. yeah you know you hit the nail on the head again so yeah i yeah. appreciate Actually, it and... I, I got one more sorry Lindsay. okay no worries <laughs> up on me <laughs> Uh, you, we were talking about the 500 a little bit earlier. You're a world traveler. You, 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 you do a bunch of cool things. We've established all of that. Your choice, if you had, let's say it's your debut Indy 500, the person to wave the green flag. Oh. Or Lindsay oh Bloomberg's debut Indy 500 is who? Like Grand Marshall? You're talking wave the green flag, Grand Marshall type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Come okay. On. The race. Like Adam Driver did last year. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny because I always had had a crush on Adam Driver, and I've seen like so many funny memes. <laughs> but um, I'm saying, let's think about. We it. did put you on the spot with this one. <laughs> well, it's, to be honest, this is so cliche, but I would want my mom to do it just because I think she's right. been there since day <laughs> one, and she's like truly traveled with me everywhere, and you know I love her, and so I'd want my mom to do it so she could feel that with me. But if it were to be a guy, I would want it to be Christian Bale. Okay, Christian Bale. <laughs> He's done there it. you go. <laughs> call him yeah, up yes, on my first yeah. Indy 500. We got to call him up and bring Christian and get him back. There. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Lindsay, thank you. Uh, obviously, if you don't know where Lindsay Brewer is on social media, <laughs> I don't know where you've been. Uh, she's out there all over the place. Uh, so again, good luck this year, and uh, and we appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. Once again, big thanks to Lindsay Brewer. I know she's on the West Coast, so she's waking up West Coast time and, uh, you know, getting up early to join us and a uh, pretty candid conversation about, you know, the funding that goes on, uh, how everybody sees her 3 million followers and think that translates to, you know, buku bucks for her, but she's flipping that and turning it all into her racing career, man. I mean, she is really invested and really going after it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Love the honesty. Um, I'm sure people will be, you know, trying to pay attention on on how things go this year. Uh, but uh, but really, I'd say look at year two. You know, if she can get that program together for year two, uh, you know, go through the first year, learn as much as as much as she can. Uh, because again, she doesn't have a ton of races under her belt, so it'll be learning a lot of racecraft, learning out how to get a little dicey out there with uh, with the other young uh, young drivers who are trying to be IndyCar drivers, trying to make it to the top level of the sport. Uh, and we'll see what happens. She's given herself a chance. Yes, it's, 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 you know, there's a lot of internet that has funded this program, you know, having such a big following, doing business deals like that. That is, you do whatever you can do to make it into a race car, right? You, you, you use your network. You talk to people. Any, any young driver that comes up to me, they're like, well, how do I make it in racing? It's like, well, 
this is- I'm sorry, but it's very hard. First of all, like, are you willing to like do whatever it takes? Are you willing to talk to every single person that you might want to talk to? It's very like talk to everyone in your network and then talk to every single person in their network as well, because you have to raise money, sell the dream. Hey, do you want to see me racing at the Indy 500? Do you want to be there for my qualifying photo as well? Well, we got to make this happen. We got to make it step by step. So, it, it, you know, not everyone gets that chance. I'm sorry. Life isn't fair. That's very not fair. I've experienced a lot of the fairness side of it and a lot of the unfairness side of it, but it's just not fair for everyone. Not every driver is going to get a chance. Every single driver who doesn't going to get it doesn't get a chance like Lindsay is getting is going to be very bitter and very angry and could say all kinds of things on the internet, but I'm sorry. Life is hard. That's what it is. And you know what? You try to, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, I have no other thing to say about that. Like it is a very difficult thing to do to try to become a race car driver, but she's got a chance at it. She's putting a lot into it herself and you gotta, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And you know, good on her for realizing, Hey, I have this Avenue here that I can use that's available to me that is the internet that's available yep. to everybody Yep. that I'm going to flip and I'm going to invest in this and therefore have this vision to then make that to where it's invested into my racing career. You know, I felt that a lot because, you know, in my field, I'm not trying to race the Indy 500, unfortunately, but in my field, you know, I'm trying to sell out shows and get auditions and get on TV shows and things like that. I'm using the internet to build a following, to build a base, to get out there, to hopefully flip that into it. So totally resonated with me. Uh, I appreciate her for using that resource and really tackling it and dominating it because, you know, those people that you mentioned out there, Connor, that are bitter or are pissed off about it, like, you have the same resource, folks. Like, you, if you, you know what I mean? Like, Now, you, it's a little bit different, I would say, sometimes, but technically, yes, there, there are some. Well, technically, I, like I'm speaking yeah. more about it for my sake of this, but what yeah. I'm saying is that, like, you know, instead of bitching about it, try to do what she did and and flip something to make it to where it's, hey, I'm more desirable now because of this. Yep. Yep. Moving on from Lindsay. Um, again, thank you for the time there. Uh, let's hop into our Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week, and we have, yes, we have a, a tune to fire us up for it, right? Yeah, well, hang on. Before we kick off, we use the fire up tune. Uh, I before the interview, I had mentioned IndyCar drivers in the Rolex Twenty Four, and I want to make sure I clear this up. I just happened to open up the Twitter website, and there's a graphic with all of them. So I'm now going to read that graphic because I basically only mentioned half of the IndyCar drivers that are in the Rolex Twenty Four that you can follow. Um, Scott Dixon, obviously, also there. Uh, Tom Blomquist. Obviously, also there. Holden Herta, of course. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, obviously there as well. Kevin Simpson. Yep. I mean, if it's a race car and you can pay to drive it, there he is. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood, of course. Kyle Kirkwood, legendary Regular. American man. Uh, and Romain Grosjean as well. So Romain Grosjean is there. So uh, those are the guys that I did not mention uh, in the in the previous uh, segment. So now to get into the Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week. The greatest event of its kind that's ever been run off. Time now to meet the drivers. Who will make up the field. All 
Now, I don't know what that tune sounded like, first of all, but I hope it's very exciting. Um, <laughs> the Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week this week, a great segment. Uh, I've decided that I've enjoyed going to the deep history, deep, deep history. Um, I went to the 1930 Indianapolis 500, the 1930 Indianapolis 500. And again, this is something that I just do spur of the moment. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go find a name that I don't recognize. And I'm going to be like, okay, let's learn about this guy. The 22nd place finisher in the 1930 Indy 500. 1930 Indy 500 won by Billy Arnold. Billy Arnold. That's probably not a name that you mention in your uh, name all the Indy 500 drivers ever uh, quiz game. Um, Bill Denver finished 22nd. Bill Denver uh, finished 22nd. Now, Bill Denver was an American race car driver, and this is very sad, only has the 1930 Indy 500 on his on his resume because he and his riding mechanic, this is days when you had riding mechanic, riding mechanics, Bob Hurst died from injuries sustained during a qualification run for the 1933 Indianapolis hey. 500. So back in the day, we had drivers just getting claimed at the racetrack because cars, they were wearing like leather pants and Seatbelts made yep. of wood or something like that. And well, sadly, uh, Bill Denver, RIP. Uh, but we found another driver who has just one Indy 500 on his uh, on his resume. And that's tough to find sometimes. You know what I mean? Yep. So Bill Denver from uh, Ravenswood, West Virginia. RIP. One of the ghosts of the track right there, uh, unfortunately. But. He will forever live on because he is a Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver. So there you go, Mr. Denver, and rest in peace, sir. All right, uh, there we go. There you have it. Um, another banging up Speed Street for you in the books. Lindsey Brewer, shout out to her once again. If I'm sure you're following her, but if not, give her a, a shout and a follow and tell her how much you appreciate her being on the show. Uh, give us a subscriptions. Give us a subscribe. Go to Connor's YouTube channel. Watch us on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button right there. Be sure to leave us a rating, a review, how much you like the Ricky Treadway Random Mini 500 segment, what you want, mm. to know, what you like about the show. So that way in the motorsport world, it keeps getting pushed up there and people see it and want to hop on. Okay, it's that simple. We really, really appreciate it. So for Joey Molinaro, Connor Daly, Bobby Marcos, again, saying this is Speed Street, and we'll talk to you again next time. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.